welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I'm Jen Lemmy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, Jen. Chad, I've said these words exactly for 74 times. That's unbelievable, isn't it? Could you imagine 74 episodes? 74. That's awesome. Uh, let's We're inching our way to 100. That'll be a, a big milestone as well. Yeah, uh, I just love having these conversations. Uh, but today's... Um, guest is randy jackson not the american idol judge you know he is not even though he is a coach i'm not sure if he's a christian um but um it randy jackson is a is a high school coach in texas um who, who's been doing a great job in every step uh, in every stop of his career and he talks about going from a big high school to a small high school to a medium high school um and he does talk about finding the right fit for yourself, you know, and we always talk about that. Maybe D1 is not the best fit for you. You know, it might be NAIA, it might be D3 or junior college or whatever. It might be a high, big high school, a small high school, Christian high schools, you know, um, there's all these different fits. And I think sometimes as us coaches just keep looking at that ladder like, oh, I'm D2, I need to be D1. I need D1, I need to be power five. Power five, I need to go pro, you know, and I think sometimes that's the wrong way to look at it. Yeah, and, and Gene, just as I look across uh, 73 interviews, uh, number one, just all, all the friends that we've been able to, to meet and have on here, and, and Coach Jackson is, is a new one. Um, but I just want to say about halfway through this interview, there was, there was something that really stood out that, that challenged and impacted me. That I'm, I'm so thankful for Coach Jackson's uh, vulnerability and, and uh, you know, if you take one thing away from from every sermon, every um, podcast, you know, every book, um, and I think I think that's what's been so exciting across all these interviews is just to have one one big thing to take away, and I know that's going to hit you like it did me as you guys are listening to this one. Yeah, and he he's been a high school coach now for so long, and we have a bunch of high school coaches that listen to this podcast, Chad. And I asked them as an extra question for our Christian coach community on Patreon um, with some practical tips for high school coaches to help the athletes find the right fit in college, which is so important. You know, and I think sometimes we we, we look at this relationship of high school coach with college coach as a versus, you know, like me versus them when it should be working together. I just had a recruit call now with a, a tennis coach from a player that I'm, that I'm recruiting. And it was just great. You know, you could see opening his eyes because he just wanted to go pro. And, and I explaining to her or to him that if she came to Liberty, that's still an option, you know, and, and we can pay for that, you know, and, and um, because these coaches invest so much time and sometimes so much money and energy that they want to see their, their, their players succeed and achieve their goals. But I think us as high college coaches need to do a better job of developing relationships with high school coaches to show them that, hey, all that investment that you've made for four years in high school, that is still going to keep bearing fruit, you know? Um, and we, we don't want to waste any more time because this interview with Randy Jackson was incredible. And we want you to listen to it right now. Coach Randy Jackson, thank you so much for coming on the Christian Coach Podcast. I'm, um, I'm so glad we're able to make this happen. Um, our first question to every guest is, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Well, first of all, Gian, thanks for having me on. What an honor. Really, really excited to be here. For me, uh, um, a Christian coach is 
someone who is the most important person in the town right now i'm talking about uh, small towns and but I, but a christian coach is the most important person in the community it, because i heard a, a a preacher say this one time that hey his son is a head football coach in a small town in texas and he said my son is the most important person in town because he has all denominations he has a big flock and he's got them for three hours a day so preachers are important and all but christian coaches can influence more guys right we all know what billy graham said about the twenty-two thousand. Yeah. but a christian coach is the most important person in the community and i firmly believe god will like with much responsibility you know or or, or with much um um power becomes much yeah. responsibility and i think i think uh, I will stand before God one day and he'll hold me accountable if I if I did his work or not with all the all the students that that I was in charge of. Yeah. Um that, that's a that's a a great answer. Um how how have you been able to um be that light, be that um the messenger um to hundreds and thousands of players uh that 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 you've come in contact with? Um, what are some of the things that you do on a regular basis that that allow you to then be able to pour into your your athletes? Well, I'm at a public school, so I think there's a tightrope yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. But I, I, but I think that's even more important um, because at a a private school, a Christian private school, it's, of course everything's important. But we've got kids who have never darkened the door of a church, and so there's two things I I would like to share. Is I think it's your everyday walk. I think kids, you want kids to look at you and say, hey, there's something different. This is how I want to be. I guess there's three things. Your everyday walk, how you carry yourself. They ought to see something different about you. Your coaching staff would be number two. So I can't hire people. I can't interview people and ask them a whole lot about their faith, but you just kind of know. Yeah. So my coaching staff is a bunch of guys who – or, or go to church and walk the walk. And so, and then number three is you have to help mentor them. So we have a, we have an intentional group called breakfast with champions and it's every game day morning. And what we do is we get adults in our community to adopt a kid for the year or for the season. Mm -hmm. And we have breakfast. These guys bring breakfast. They sit with their player and we have a speaker and a lot of times it will be a youth pastor. It's going to be a devotional. So it's a, it's a time where our kids will hear, I mean, I mean, we've had kids get saved at this, right. And again, we're at a public school. So um, there's some, you know, there's a tightrope there to walk, but our guys are exposed. And so I think it is how you carry yourself that they see it in you the people you hire, it's, it's got to be a part of it. And then who else can you put in front of them to help expose? And and so we try to do it with a three-prong system. Yeah. How um, how have you been able to – and a lot of, we have a lot of high school coaches that listen to that might be wondering, how can I find some assistant coaches that are followers of Christ without – actually straight up asking them um do you have any tips or or, or anything that that coaches can be looking for during the well, interview it, process you know i think it's easier said than done for me now i've been doing this for a while so i have a 
you know, a network, but most of the time I can call someone and you can find out about them, right? A, a lot of things. Yeah. Um, also, I think when you interview, you talk about your faith and you talk about what drives you, you talk about the program. And so I think it, for sure, they're going to know what we're about. They're going to know that we're going to play music at practice and there's not, there will be zero profanity. There will be, they won't all be LaCroix or whatever, but there will be, yeah. uh, there will be some mixed in there and there will, and, and so they're going to just know where we are. And so I think it's about finding the right fit. And so I'm just going to make sure I ask the, I paint the picture of what we are and, and ask them as close to the line as I can. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I think that that's, that's a great idea. I think it's just, getting as close to that line without getting in trouble. You know, I think we all, um, I'm at a Christian institution. And so I have a little bit more freedom, but I talked to other coaches who, who are very intentional in their approach, right. Without breaking any rules, because when you're breaking, when you're breaking rules and people will not listen to your message, you know? And so, um, uh, that's, that's some good tips in there. Um, let's go back to young Randy. Um, if you had told young Randy that now you would be a, high school football coach, what would he have said? Um, my dad was a coach. Okay. So I grew up in a small town, a town called Tenahaw, Texas. I graduated with 33, you know, a thousand people in town, one red light, just your, something you might see in a movie. So my dad was the head football coach and the head basketball coach. And um, in East Texas, most people are Baptist. And so I, I, I don't think I grew up knowing a Catholic and, you know, so now, now I coach basically in outskirts of Dallas. Okay. Uh, so as an adult, I've been exposed to a lot of different things, but growing up, it was small town, ba Southern Baptist. And it was a great place to grow up. I say this a lot. Uh, I'm proud I grew up there, but I wouldn't want to go back now. Um, but um, I had the, Maybe the typical experience, I, I think I was lucky. My grandfather was a deacon. My mom played the, still my mom to this day plays the organ every week at church. So I think she's been 40 something years right at this church. And um, and I, sixth grade, I'm at a revival and you know that I gave my, you know, uh, salvation to the Lord. And so probably a little typical for a, a a young kid growing up in a little small Southern Baptist town. Yeah. How, how was um, being the son of a coach? Um, do you have any memories of, uh, you know, of you learning some lessons that maybe now you apply it yourself um, to, to, to your players? Probably the biggest would be how to treat people. And it's not about X's and O's. And, you know, I remember thinking, Hey, why aren't we doing this? Or why aren't we doing this? You know, as a young coach, even, you know, wonder why my dad doesn't do it this way or why he doesn't do it this way. And as you get older, you just realize his whole secret was, and he won a bunch of games or they won a state championship. And his whole secret was how he treated people. And so that's probably my biggest take home is just how he uh, invested in honestly poor kids. He was their father figure and he was, a lot of times, um, the only male that they trusted. And that's my biggest take home is to try to emulate that as much as possible. Yeah. So then tell us your transition to college and, and now coaching. How, how was that? What, what, what was going on in your life at that moment? 
Um, went to college at, it was now Louisiana Monroe, played football there. Another really, you know, Southern atmosphere. Um, was lucky to be around a coaching staff that was not high profanity. And, you know, it was the, well, we won a national championship in 1987. So we had some success and then, but um, Texas pays honestly quite a bit more than Louisiana. So when I graduated, I came back to Texas and just started that journey. And uh, I think Urban Meyer calls it the 10 year sprint um, in your thirties. So in my twenties, I moved around uh, from assistant job to assistant job. And then at high school in Texas. Yeah. yeah I've okay. always been in high schools. And then uh, at 30, I got my first head coaching job in a little town in West Texas called Paducah, 120 kids in the high school and started a 10 year sprint. Were they all football players? The 120, <laughs> the 120 kids in the, in the school? No, no. I mean, total students. Oh, in the school. Yeah. yeah. So I think, we had 25 that played football. And so um, that was in 1999. And in 2000, so the smallest school in the state, or, you know, the smallest classification. Yeah. And again, got on the 10 year sprint. And in 2013, was the head coach at the largest school in the state, Plano East, with 6,000 students. So uh, moved too much. But, um, moved up, learned a lot of lessons. And now, you know, I think my biggest take home I could share is it's not about being at the biggest, it's about being where you're the best fit. So Forney is 2000 students, North Forney High School's 2000 students, a lot more socioeconomic type of people that I'm more comfortable with. And, but yeah, I've been, I've been at, um, from the smallest to the biggest and None of it matters unless it's the right fit. Yeah. What well, What was going through through your mind and um, going through school to school, right? Um, why did you make those moves? Um, and um, what What was God teaching you through those moments as well? Um. Well, <coughs> excuse me. That's right. I was moving up, right? So I went from one A to two A to a bigger two A. Got fired my third school. Uh, started back as a freshman coach, uh, went back to 2A, got to a 4A job. And just to be real, real transparent with you guys, uh, I was married 22 years and she lived in 15 houses. That's crazy. And she never, so uh, in 2018, she told me she'd had enough and filed for divorce. And so I think the, the big lesson in this is, you know, I never made her feel more important than my job. And so I think what you have to do as a coach is uh, do what you do. Like go, go, you got to move. A coach that's going to say, I'm going to live in this one house and, and grow in the profession is probably, probably delusional. So you have to move, but you have to do it in such a way, uh, not as probably as much as I did. And I chased too hard. And then you got to do it in such a way too, where you're, your wife or your spouse never feels like they're not as important. I think I got on that 10 year sprint. I started having success and I, it just became a, I don't know if it's a, my, a drug, maybe if you will, or, you know, my mistress was, was success. And yeah. so I think that's probably what God has taught me looking back. You know, we can all, we have 2020 looking back, but um, 
be careful, right? Be careful getting in that 10 year sprint. Be careful of thinking that next job is going to be the magic one. Find the place that's the right fit. Make sure your spouse knows she's, she or he's more, more important. And uh, I think it'll be more fulfilling. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being vulnerable. I think if we, if we're all honest with ourselves, I think we as coaches have to struggle with that on a daily basis, you know, having their priorities, right. Um, and, and acting on those priorities, we can say the priorities are there, but if we're not acting upon them, then, um, that it becomes yeah, an issue. It's just how we're made, right. We're high achievers. So anybody listening to this is a growth mindset coach. So we're all trying to get better and it's hard. It's hard to flip that switch. Someone told me this, when you get home, put your, leave your phone in the garage for, for two hours. And then you can be present at home. Yep. But, but it, but for me, and, and it's probably this way for you in tennis, it's just encompassing. Like, you know, there's just always something you can do and you love it. Correct. You want to get like, you know, it's just, it's, it's in your DNA. And, but I, you got to find a way to put that phone in the garage and just be present and, you know, don't just let it be 24 seven. Yeah. That's, I think that's the key is I, we, we feel the need to be on 24 seven, you know, be on our phone. There's always recruiting or there's, you know, team issues or there, there's always something that you can be doing there. There's definitely always something you can be doing, but I think it, the, the, the successful coaches, the true successful coaches are the ones who are able to separate a little bit. Right. And, and be present wherever they are. And I think, this like 2020 COVID year definitely taught me that, you know, because then I wasn't able to coach. I wasn't able to go out recruiting. I wasn't able to do a lot of things. And, and it, God forced me to take a break and, and, and review all the, the priorities that I said I had and, and really start acting on them. Um, yeah. It's got to be where your feet are, right? Yeah. Just be where yeah. your feet are. And it's so much easier said than done. And, but um that, that would certainly be something I encourage everybody to do is don't let it, don't let it eat you up. Yeah. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing that. Um, now you started a website. When, when did you start uh, the, the website and why did you start the website? Um, and where are you at with it right now? Well, in 2015, so here's what, I, like, like what happens with most people in 2000, 2013, I was at the biggest high school in Texas, Plano East, was not happy, only stayed a year. We went five and five, but that wasn't, the system was not, I just wasn't a good fit. So I, I leave there and go to Grapevine, which is right by the DFW airport. It's the only reason I mention it. But um, so I go to Grapevine and we were, were bad, right? So I had two bad years in a row. And so I hired a coach, which is what we should all do. Uh, you shouldn't wait till you're miserable to hire one. So I hired a coach named Brian Kane. He's a mental a peak performance guy. And so I worked with him about a year and he, he told me I should write a book. And so I wrote a book called Culture Defeat Strategy and really was trying to sell a hundred copies. And what I've sold about 9,000 copies now, it's done really well, but that's where my website started was to sell books. Um, I've written another book called Culture Defeat Strategy 2. And then um, just to be real, real transparent with you guys again, when, when my wife said, my ex-wife said, Hey, I'm, you know, uh, I want a divorce. Well, she's going to take some of my retirement. And I thought I got to start making some money, but with a side hustle. So I started selling resources 
on my website. Uh, I, I'm a big believer, this is a little side note, but I'm a big believer in team meetings. Coaches should have a, a short team meeting with their team every day and there should be a movie clip in it. That from Jesus teaching with parables, we are all programmed for stories to, to resonate with us. And so I got to sit in on a PJ Fleck team meeting one time at the University of Minnesota football and he talked about movie clips. And so I, so I sell those type of things. Here's some okay. leadership lessons with movie clips embedded. And so I've done pretty good. And then um, here last few months, I've started a mastermind, which is I have speakers. It's an interactive podcast like this, but, but, the, but, but we zoom and our members can ask questions. We go to small breakout rooms later. So there's just some of that kind of stuff, just entrepreneurial stuff but all of it is to help serve coaches. That's cool. That's cool. What, what have you seen recently since you work with so many coaches, the biggest struggles that coaches are facing in, in today's game and today's society? Oh, that's a good question. Probably, you know, it's probably just navigating our society with parent meetings or players, right? Expectations and the specialization, you know, people were specializing at, seven years old, right? They're, they're, yeah. they're being told they need to play one sport. And so all that comes with a, you know, a lot of issues and, and a lot of expectations. And so when you're, you're, you're coaching a kid who has a private coach and I know I'm probably preaching to the choir with tennis and, but now there's all these expectations. And um, so there's a, it's a different ball game. I think, so I've been in 31 years. I don't think the players are much different are the athletes, but I think the parents are quite a bit different. So I just, that's probably the biggest thing, like with our mastermind, you know, we get to, we get to have small, like I say, we have conversations and I got guys all over the country and we talk about issues. We're not talking about scheme issues. We're not talking about how to score a touchdown from the two. We're talking about how to, how to create that culture, how to get our kids to be uh, not selfish, you know, those type of things that, um, I think it's getting harder every year. Yeah. Well, um, Co Coach Jackson, thank you so much for, for coming on. Uh, it's been a blessing hearing your story, um, hearing some of the lessons you've learned and that God has taught you. How can people find you, uh, your website, and all the things that you're doing? Well, I'm Twitter. I'm Coach Jackson TPW. Stands for Tough People Win. And then my website is CoachRandyJackson.com. So I, I do a, a, a blog every now and then, and I talk about culture and how to be a better coach, things like that. So you can subscribe and, and, and get stuff from me. But Gian, I'm, man, I'm honored to be here. I've got to do a few podcasts over the years, and, but this is the first Christian one I've got to do. And so I tip my cap to you guys, because I know your heart's in the right place and I know what y'all stand for. And I'm honored to get to be a, just a little small part of it. So thanks for having me. Thank you so much. We would like to pray for you as we move on here. Um, how can we be praying for you? Uh, really just for God to uh, help me in my walk. Of, uh, I'm trying to navigate some waters of how much longer I want to coach and, and how much I want to go full-time into my mastermind. And so really, I guess it would just be uh, just the navigation of what short-term future. That'd okay. Be great. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for for this conversation. Thank you for the vulnerability and honesty of Coach Jackson and sharing his story and his struggles and and, and his lessons that, that you've taught him throughout all these years coaching. 
Um, Father, pray that you, as he tries to make some decisions here, you know, life life decisions, Father, that he'll seek you first. Lord, that, that he'll put you as priority number one on a daily basis so that he can hear from you, Father, that, that he won't be too focused on talking, but that he'll be focused on hearing your the steps that, that, that you want him to take and that he'll remain faithful in those in those decisions or that we know that you know best for for all of our lives and all of our all of our careers um lord thank you again that he's able to touch so many lives and his athletes and coaches that he works with and lord uh, keep him keep him uh filled up with your word and your love so that he can share it with so many others in your name i pray amen 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 coach jackson that was that was so good I love uh, love hearing from the Texas football coach, and uh, man, we can learn we can learn something from everybody. And, and this one, I was uh, I was working out on the elliptical um, while while listening in, and then kaboom! It just hit me some of these quotes that he shared. Um, he said, "I never made her more important than my job," and he said, "My mistress was my success. Be careful." And um, and so I think that was my that was my big takeaway to just um keep keep pursuing keep pursuing my bride and and curious for you Jean, uh as as i saw you and meredith dates and and to be able to stand up there at your wedding day and want to just keep rooting and cheering for you guys and, and your marriage but what's what's something that you guys do uh on a weekly or monthly basis just to keep pursuing your bride yeah just just like you chad i definitely married out of my league you know and so i have to work extra hard uh, to keep her engaged and keep her, um, you know, invested in our, in our marriage. But the last few years, even since we started having kids, we had to be really intentional in developing the relationship, you know? So it's the, the times making that sacrifice of staying up a little bit later at night in order to have that one-on-one -on -one time together without the kids or waking up a little earlier and doing that. Um, but one thing that's been game-changing is actually scheduling dates scheduling that time together um for example this afternoon we're gonna go watch redeeming love together you know and uh can't wait to 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 watch something that i read a few years ago and it really impacted me it's such a great book um but just having those moments where you're together and you can just focus on each other and then make some memories together and when you start having kids that becomes really hard um and because you you know you have to focus on your kids as well but separating that time re regardless of how you know how often it is being intentional and knowing that hey it's going to happen regardless of what's happening around us if you had a bad day of work or or a good day of work or whatever it's now it's us time and um and we need to start developing that relationship even more yeah and and just taking taking something simple away from atomic habits on um, just just putting the phone up. You know, if I walk by my phone on my way to go check my kids in for, for bed, I'm very tempted to just grab the yep. phone and, and check if anybody <laughs> sent a message. But if it's hidden, if it's in a, a cabinet or, or a drawer, um, that helps me so much. And uh, definitely not a, a perfect dad or, or husband, so much to learn and so many ways to yeah. grow. Um, but coach, we're, we're rooting for you, cheering for you. If you are struggling, and, and, and your marriage, uh, we'd love to just have a conversation with you and, and support you anyway. So send us a note, um, find us on social media, um, because we know the enemy is trying to, to steal, kill and destroy. But uh, we, we're, we're cheering for you and praying for, for marriages to stay strong. Yeah. And one thing, Chad, that I've been noticing now the last few months 
is that the closer you are to achieving God's goals for you, the more the devil will tempt you and 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 throw some rocks at you and try to distract you. Um, because then, you know, the devil knows that that you're doing something great for for a worthy cause. And, and he just doesn't want you to do that. You know, screw tape letters, such a great book, you know. And one of the tips that the devil gives his uh, nephew is make sure they're distracted. Make sure that they're not spending time with, with God because that's when those seeds start planting and um, the seeds of doubt, the seeds of discordance and, and disagreements and those things. Um, but coach, just want to encourage you to continue in this path. It's a worthy path. Um, and if you ever need any help, just reach out to us um, on, on Twitter. We, we, you know, we can, we can go on Zoom and talk or just phone call. Um, we want to help you as much as we can, not just with sports or faith, but in any area of your life that you may need help with. So don't, don't be shy. Reach out to us. And always remember, the mission field is right where you're at.